devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson and it's another fun week following Sulfur Red Devils and we've got all the news coming out of the club for you. Joining the show this week, got guest presenter Cy Hindle, right Cy? How you doing guys, you okay? First time on the podcast since the Million Pound Game, looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah, just... About uh, still catching my breath for the million pound game, I think so. Uh, yeah, I should be settled enough for this one tonight. Cool, looking forward to all your great opinions on Sulfur Red Devils. Also, joining the show, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hi, Rob, hi, Si, you all right? You having, uh, had a good week? Yeah, yeah, brilliant, mate. I mean, surprising result on uh, Saturday, really chuffed with that, and um, excited for the, the game against Wakefield on this Sunday, hoping to be building a, a bit of momentum. Cool, so what have we got on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got the amateur report, we've got a review. Of the Warrington game, we've got a preview of the Wakefield game this week. We've got an interview with um, Todd Carney and also one with Junior Sauer as well. Cool, so what we'll do, we'll uh, start with all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. So, all the news coming out of Salford Devils. First bit of news, March Madness. Uh, two tickets, one for the Castle game, one for the Settlers game for £30, Paul. Uh, great value for the club and uh, well publicised. So far? Yeah, certainly. There should be two really good games them as well, shouldn't they, Saints and, and, and Castleford? You know, two exciting teams, aren't they? It's going to be two really tough games. But, I mean, two two games of 30 quid, you can't like that at all, can you? Especially some of the rugby we've played up to now. You know, the Wigan game was a... I know we lost that game. and It was a, it was a decent match, wasn't it? And the Warrington game, fantastic win on Saturday. So, uh, two home games up to now have been belted. So, I'm sure them them two will be as well. Yeah, both St. Ellen's and Casper's side will bring a, a lot of fans as well, hoping for a, a big crowd in both, really. Yeah, I think uh, Castleford will bring a really, really good following because obviously the start of the season, they've had to play some uh, some exciting rugby, really. So, I'm, I'm expecting some, uh, them to bring quite a lot of fans, to be honest. Uh, and Saints are a bit missing at the minute, but they always usually bring a good following. So, yeah, it should be... It'd be pretty good. Two two pretty good games. Like say, belt value if you want to buy the two tickets. Yeah, it's thirty pounds for adults. You save six pounds doing it that way. Concessions is twenty pounds. You save six pounds, and juniors are ten pounds. So you save ten pounds, which is you know really good value for the for the junior support. Paul, you know ten pounds for for two games. It's it's belting. Yeah, that's really good. You can't argue with that, can you, Robin? You know, two big performances. You know, the, the, if we can get a bit of momentum now, these next couple of weeks before that we come into those games, I mean, you should see even more Salford supporters there. So yeah, I can't wait for them, them games. I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, I'm sure the club will have a big match and uh, you know, push Sai as well before the two games. And you know, I'm hoping for a you know a really big crowd. And you never know, two good wins hopefully. Yeah, I think what it is as well, you get a, it's like like Paul said, there, you get a few few wins and some nice rugby being played. You'll always attract more fans anyway. Uh, but it's, it's good to see and it's refreshing to see that the club this year, instead of just resting on the laurels and getting one game in, they seem to be merchandising and you know marketing like all the games that are coming up. So hopefully, if they can continue that, they might start you know attracting some more fans there. Yeah. So if obviously you want to get them the uh, two tickets for thirty pound, uh, ring the club on oh one six one seven eight six one five seven four. Tickets are available for the Wakefield game on Sunday, uh, Paul. Hoping for another big following, we've had a good following at Huddersfield and hopefully you know, we'll get a good crowd at Wakefield too. Yeah, so I think we will. I think we'll take a good following to to, uh, to Bellevue or whatever they call it on uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, it's not been the happiest hunting ground for us over the last sort of, 20 years, Wakefield. I mean, we've had some hidings there, but the, the the result against Warrington, you know, that should stand us in good stead now, I think. You know, a bit of momentum there and I can see us taking a really good following. I mean, the following at Leeds a few weeks ago, I was really surprised when we got in there. I thought it was a fantastic following and the Huddersfield game as well. 
um, you know, Thursday night there at Huddersfield. It was, you know, really good following for us. So, uh, so yeah, I think it'll be good. I'm really looking forward to Sunday and we can get that result. You know, where are we in table at the moment? Six, is it? We can we can get a result on uh, on Sunday. We, we could be, you know, even up a bit higher. So, uh, yeah, good times ahead, I think. Yeah, and obviously if you buy your ticket at Salford, the club get 25%, Sigh. Si. Uh, it's great, obviously, you know, being able to, you know, reinvest some money back into the club and hopefully make it grow. Yeah, I don't think there's many fans who really uh, realised about, obviously, we get the 25% of the tickets that are sold, uh, especially, you know, if you get them at the AGL. So, um, if they can, re- you know, if they can do that and reinvest it back into the club, it can only stand us in good stead for the future. Yeah, the uh, prices are £21 for adults, 15 for concessions and £5 for juniors. There's a free junior swap, uh, but you've got to do it before the match day. Uh, there's coach travel as well. Going down at £15 a seat. It's pick up at Shander's at quarter to 12. The Royal Sovereign at 12 o'clock. The Dog and Padres at quarter past 12. And the AJ Bell Stadium at half 12. Uh, don't forget, there's also a £3 increase on sort of match day tickets um, as well. You know, if you buy them on the day or at Wakefield Park. So it's, I think it's really important that, you know, the fans, you know, save a bit of money in the pocket and buy it from the club. Yeah, definitely. Especially with that 20, I mean, 25% is quite a bit, isn't it, really? So, yeah, I mean, rather give it us than give it to Wakefield. So, sure, yeah, get your tickets early because uh, you don't want to be paying over the odds and giving it to them uh, Yorkshire buggers. Yeah. Um, next bit of news, Josh Jones been nominated for Try of the Month. Uh, his effort against Huddersfield side, you know, great show of strength and, and you know, agility, really. Ping sort of bouncing his way around the Huddersfield defence to get over it. Could be a crucial try for us you know, in the season to come. Yeah, I, I think it was a belting try where anybody can see that his, his, his self-determination there to get himself over was, was excellent. And to be quite honest, when you looked at him when he first got the ball, he was running up a bit of a blind alley at the, at the time, but he, he seemed to find his way through and uh, captured us the win. So, yeah, I hope, he does, uh, I hope he does get a lot of people voting for him. Yeah, he's certainly quite an important player for us, isn't he, Paul uh, Jones? You know, he's, he's got the ability to both play in the sort of the backs and the forwards. His, his versatility is very important for us. He is a versatile player, isn't he? I mean, you, you get that with, with Josh Jones. You know, someone gets injured, he can fill in the centre, he can he play in a second row. And uh, yeah, he's, he's he's a strong bloke as well. I mean, tracks a lot of defenders, makes a lot of yards, works hard as well, Josh Jones. And uh, he's a very powerful player and a uh, very important player to us. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news, uh, after you voted for the uh, Josh Jones try of the, try of the month, uh, David, Jones, uh, David Jones, David Watkins, uh, one of our legends of, of, of the club is 75, well, well was 75 this week, uh, Si. You know, what what a legend, what a sporting great. Uh, and obviously, you know, as an icon at our club. Of course, yeah, you know, epitomise everything what we, you know, what we like and what we need itself really is always showing pride, you know, in the club and, you know, in the shirt and whatnot. So I'm sure that uh, watching that game at weekend, you know, I'm sure he'd uh, kind of rolled back the years and, and uh, remembered himself playing and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's uh, a big happy birthday to him as well. Yeah, I thought the older fans, uh, Paul, sort of hold him in, in, in great sort of uh, iconic status in a way. Uh, over nearly 3,000 points for Salford in his, his career with us. And, you know, he came to Salford like a bit of a superstar, didn't he, as well? Uh, and you know he turned on the magic in our in our glory years in a way. Yeah, I suppose it's nearly fifty years, isn't it, since he signed for Salford in nineteen sixty-seven. So, uh, I mean, look at his goal kicking record. I think it was two was it two hundred and twenty-one in a season. I mean, that, that's that's some some goal kicking record. That I mean, the consecutive appearances he, he played in in some of them championship winning seasons seventy-three four and seventy-five six. Tremendous player, and you know in all the positions he played, stand off, full back, centre. He's, he epitomises everything about about Salford, doesn't he? And you talk to anybody who was around in, in them days, obviously, I wasn't, but I know a man who was, and 
I've heard a lot of stories about Watkins and how, how good he was, and you know I think it's tremendous that he's he still has a has a place in his heart with Salford, doesn't he? I think he still listens out for us and listens for the scores and that, and you know happy birthday from from me anyway. Yeah, I was very happy birthday from Neville in the Devil the Devil of Detail podcast. Uh, you know, and he's provided lots of memories for the old old generation of fans, and hopefully, say, si, you know, this generation will. Uh, the players will, will bring some good memories for us. Yeah, yeah. Let's just hope that they can, you know, take take something off his, uh, you know, a bit of, of what he did on his his record in his in his career, and, and hopefully try and replicate uh, replicate that as uh, into our team today. Yeah. Final bit of news: uh, the game against Warrington, the full game, uh, the club are, I think are planning to put it out. The highlights are on at the moment, Paul. Um, me and. Uh, Steve Rami Ramsbottom doing our thing on the old uh, on the old commentary. You know, it was a good game. I quite enjoyed the you know commentating on it, and uh, it's great the club are actually you know doing things like this to you know try and you know get new fans in. Like, yeah, definitely. And just congratulations, Rob. I thought your commentary was really good, but just watching it today, I think it's a great idea. That you know, just just little things like that, doing that for the supporters. I mean, that that's going to attract people. Like, and thinking, oh, nice when the club have put that on. It's all building bridges in it, and um, you know, getting us all together, getting us all pushing in the right direction. And I think that's a really good uh, good little gesture from the club. That yeah, I say, hopefully the club will continue to do that one through the season side. It's good, obviously, being able to look back at the tries and the incidents and. You know, obviously at the game sometimes you don't get to, to see what happened here, really. No, of course, especially me, you know, me being in the uh, in the South Stand, sometimes you do you miss a few things. Um, but yeah, it's good to look back on it. And no, like, like Paul just said there, all it takes is for you to, you know, to hand your phone to a friend who, who doesn't go and say, yeah, I'll just have a look at that. And before you know it, you've got somebody interested then uh, in, into coming down to to watch Salford. So hopefully it can work as a as a bit of a like a bit. Of the pulling power towards new fans, and I have noticed that the club have done this um, this this new um, feature where they're doing a behind the scenes kind of video and they're catching some of the you know the fans and because sometimes you don't see the fans on on that angle of the of the camera. Sometimes you want to be looking back at the main, main stand, and I've seen this new feature where they are going round and they're seeing you know families out and seeing the crowd together. So hopefully a bit more of that from the club and, and whatnot and it, it just gives that bit of a positive vibe that's going around the place at the minute yeah that's, that's what I want as fans everyone's up aren't they Paul at the moment especially what happened with the million pound game and you know what our current form a couple of wins this season you know things like that it helps build that momentum doesn't it yeah it, it sort of helps grow the brand doesn't it and I don't know if you go to other places like sort of Leeds St Helens places like that these sort of towns the, the, the rugby club is like a focal point in the town isn't it? and a focal point in the place you know people love it and I think um that's what we need to build there. We've got an hardcore base of, of you know, of people who, who love the club, but it's growing that, isn't it? And growing it, you know, so you've got that hardcore base of, you know, five or 6,000 season ticket holders. And I know we haven't got that yet, but it, it takes time, doesn't it? And I think the club are making sort of small steps this season and things are improving off the field. And if you can get the people of Solver to fall in love with a club, it can only be good, really. And, uh, you know, all the work that they're doing at the moment, that's off to them because I think, it, I think it's really good. I think it's all about being consistent, Paul. Like I say, these good ideas, you've got to keep doing them. So obviously people get used to them. A bit like us with this podcast, we, we come out most well, virtually every week, don't we, Si? And, you know, people get to listen and, and they get kind of into a habit, don't they, of, of listening, which is great because obviously we've had some sort of absolutely magical uh, sort of listening figures over the last couple of weeks and we can't thank our listeners enough, really. You know, I suppose it's just a matter of, of doing them week in, week out. So, you know, people get used to the, the good ideas the club are putting forward. Yeah, of course, it's continuity. Uh, I know a few times last year that, you know, it's like we were saying earlier on about the marketing. You market something and then for the next three games, nothing be marketed. And you're like, you're looking there thinking all the hard work you've done for the first bit, 
he could have just continued that on and, you know, maybe that momentum would have got would have carried or would, you know, would have built up. Uh, but like you say, if, you know, continuity, if you keep doing these things, it starts to become a bit more of a, you know, like a routine. People catch on to it and then what they'll do is they then start looking at, oh, when's, when's the highlights out, you know, stuff like that. Just like your show, everybody looks for your show. So, you know, oh, when's the podcast out? And then they see it, bang, they're straight onto it. So hopefully if they can keep that going, then like I say, the continuity factor in, hopefully it just grabs that, you know, that, that positive vibe that we've got at the club and it just keeps it all going. Yeah, to be fair, Lewis and Paul both work really, really hard, and you know I think I think they've got a lot of good stuff coming uh, in the pipeline. So obviously we'll keep our eyes open for that. So that was the news for the, from the uh, the club the, this week, and what we'll do now we'll talk about the victory against Warrington on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils victorious against Warrington Wolves on Saturday at the AJ Bell Stadium. 24 points to 14, Paul. Great result for Salford. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect us to to win that game, if I'm dead honest. I thought Warrington might be a bit too much for us. But no, I thought we were the miles better side. And I thought we were very unlucky to be going in uh, two points down at half time. I thought we bossed the first half. And um, very, very pleased with the way it was... Uh, the game was managed as as I said. Uh, Michael Dobson tremendous. I thought again he led us around the park and completely outplayed uh, Kevin Brown and, and Patton, the uh, the Warrington halfbacks. Paul, but you can't keep nicking sidelines because if we keep talking about game management, he'll have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, Rob! You need an early night, mate. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, like you say, Warrington, you know they're a big club, and obviously you know beating them at home. You know, it's, it's a big, big thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. I thought it was a, a fantastic game. Um, like, like Paul said before, I, I fancied them to come out and to really give us, a, well, try to give us a, a good rubbing over, to be honest. But um, the, the positive start was with, with, with us. I did say to one of my friends who was with us, I said, in the first 10 minutes, we'll determine how we're going to play for the rest of the game. Because we're either going to come out and be really positive or we're going to come out and kind of play within ourselves. And we came out was pretty positive, and I looked round and I said, maybe you know, maybe it's going to be our day. So uh, it was a, it was a refreshing start to a game instead of a starting slow. Sofa's lineup was Gazo Ryan at fullback, Greg Johnson, Chris Welland, Junior Sal, Jake Bibby, Robert Lewitt, Michael Dobson, Lamatazi, Logan Tonkins, Lee Mossop, Josh Jones, George Griffin at loose folds, Mark Flanagan on the bench was Sofa with Chris Brining, Ola Krinicic, Craig Kopjack, and Ryan Lannan. Uh, Lee Mossop uh, starting instead of Craig Kopjack. On the uh, on the field side, you know he's, he's been playing really really well, and him and him and Craig obviously rotating, you know, gives us that you know bulk up front, doesn't it, all, all the way through the game? It certainly does, and I know Lee Mossop has you know got the, the plaudits from from what all this week, um, and it was something that a lot of the fans were saying on the on the terraces, saying how how well he played and he's you know he's carrying the ball well, he's he's what a lot of people don't see is organisation in the forwards, uh, you know when we're lining up for you know the tackles and and. His defensive part as well is really, really strong. But Copy is just evergreen, isn't he? Really, there's only so much you can say about Copy without having it repeat yourself. Uh, we had a, you know, a season last year where it was absolutely immense for us, and it looks like he's just kind of carried on from last year for us. So it's uh, it's very positive for us. Salford opened the scoring uh, through a try from Junior Sow. Good work by Dobson and O'Brien, uh, Paul, uh, to send uh, Junior Sow over in the corner. Just what Salford needed—a good start. It was a good bright start, yeah. Good work from George Griffin running out wide as well. Who I must say has done done really well. 
last few weeks having to play in the second row, you know, uh, due to injuries and that. And he's uh, he's not been found wanting at all, has he? He's stood up and been counted. He's been playing a lot of minutes as well and working really hard. And I think he's caused a lot of problems for teams out wide. And it was it was a well worked try that you know keeping the ball alive. And Warrington didn't seem to have the answer in defence and. Just going back to what we were saying before, though, you know about the, the surprise and the result. I don't think we let Warrington play on on Saturday. I think we slowed slowed a lot of their things down, stopped Gidley, stopped stopped their halfbacks running. So I think you know it should be credit to us as well, really. I mean, listen to what Tony Smith said in the press conference. I didn't think he was the, the credit we deserved because I think we we totally stopped them playing and bossed the game. Do you think Warrington have, have hit the wall, Si? Obviously, you know they're a top club and they've won a lot of the Challenge Cups, haven't they, in the last couple of years? But you know, for me, they weren't they weren't the team that they used to be. Yeah. I mean, last year, there seems to be, when, when Chris Sandow played, it seems to be explosive um, in going forward. And obviously, they've got a new halfback this year with, with Kevin Brown going in. And I just think at the minute, it's a bit disjointed for, for them because they're obviously still getting used to the way he plays and he's still getting used to the way the other guys around him play. But like Paul said there, we seem to, we seem to like um, be really, really quick onto him and slow their play down. Uh, I mean, somebody who I rate really, really, really highly, you know, the centre Evans, he just didn't see him at the races at all at weekend. And I, I thought at first, is he just having a bad game? But when you looked at the way our centres played, like Junior Sowing, you know, we was just absolutely pounding him. I, I, one thing I will say as well is the few games that Jake Bibby stood in for us and played has been absolutely brilliant because he's carrying the ball, you know, like he, like a season pro, like he's been in the team for two to three years. And the, the, the growth that he seems to be having at the minute seems to be in filling, you know, the guys around him with confidence because they're seeing that he's he doesn't look out of place anymore. So it's really, really um, comforting to see, you know, how, how that's happening. And like Paul said, yeah, we did stop him playing, and we, we seem to be putting, you know, putting the pressure on him quite early. Yeah, obviously, Warrington hit back uh, with a try from Declan Patton, uh, Paul. For me, it was it was flat at best. I know we've had a couple of uh, dodgy forward passes, haven't we, in the last couple of weeks? And uh, I think we can add this one to the list. Mm, yeah, it's funny that because I watched um, the highlights today on that Super League full-time thing on Sky and there's, there's a try we'll probably talk about a bit later on that Jack Hughes scores and I kept rewinding it and pausing it just to check and it, to be honest guys, it's not, it doesn't look forward because mm. uh, I thought that was a, a staunch forward pass that but when you watch it in like, you know, on the pause there, he's actually um, behind him but I remember what, see, on the on the day thinking about the pattern one that probably looked the, the, the most forward out of all of them because there was a try late on as well that Johnson scored in the corner and Gidley throws a cut out pass to him. I was sat directly in line with that and I could have sworn that was a forward pass and then watching it back, it looks a line ball. So it's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, I know we, we criticise officials and that, but they're only watching it in real time, aren't they? I mean, to the naked eye, I mean, you're struggling really. And that's where you've got to hope that your touch judge is going to help you out as a referee. I mean, they're in line with it and it should be their job really to judge forward passes, I would say. But... Um, but no, I mean, um, I remember what Brian McDermott said, you know, the week before, you know, about the, the forward pass at Leeds, you know, things even out over the season, but perhaps, perhaps sometimes they don't. I think the game is so fast to start these days, you know, you blink and it's gone. I think it's such a it's a difficult job in it being a referee and a linesman to get the decision spot on after only seeing it once. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So let's have it right. The referee that I does at weekend, I think it's a very good referee. I've seen him a number of times last year and he seems to control the game quite well. And I don't think he had a bad game at weekend. I know there's a few things that he caught us for moving off the mark, which I think all refs are trying to be a bit kind of strict on because it's a new rule. It's always it's kind of always the thing they do. They pick on the new rule. Um, but, I mean, like you say there, you, you're in real time. It's hard to see. 
and um, speaking to some of these lads are going at is you know it, it is difficult to see but I think what it is with Salford fans because of the the blatant one we had at Leeds we're obviously going to go absolutely crazy whenever a forward pass is thrown out there so we've just got to be we've just got to be kind of patient and like, like Paul said hopefully it'll kind of even itself out yeah obviously Salford got back into the lead a try by George Griffin Paul kicked to the corner Junior Sal rolls the highest patted it down and Griffin was Johnny, Johnny on the spot uh, to score the try Right place, right time, money. I mean, that's how you should be. You've always got to be alert, haven't you? But that was good play. That um, well, it was good kick from uh, from Dobson and um, good play from Junior South getting that ball up there. And we needed that at that point in the game, I think. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter side. I think George Griffin's got like a horseshoe now. Uh, somewhat, I think a fan's giving him a horseshoe, and obviously <laughs> that all that good luck, you know, comes up with a try. Happy days. <laughs> I don't know if it's the horseshoe, mate, or whether it's just sheer kind of training that he's doing because as a player, he's he's. He's progressed so much over the last two years. It's it's unbelievable. I was only saying to Paul earlier on uh, before we started recording. Um, it, the 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 minutes he's putting in this year is massive because if you remember, he was you know started off from you know second row, went into prop last year, changed into this you know this this evergreen prop for us, and now he's had to go back into second row again due to the injuries. And he, he's he's putting in eighty minutes, and it's a hard task to do when you're used to playing prop. So I, I can't say anything more about um, George Griffin because I'm one of his biggest fans and I, I don't know whether it's sheer luck or, or whether it's uh, you know the training and being in the right place at the right time because he just seemed to sniff out a chance that Junior Sal was going to get up there and, and pat the ball back. And to be honest, Junior Sal, he rose like a basketballer, to be quite honest. He was, uh, he was quite some, some distance above the, uh, the Warrington defence as well. Yeah, I think, like I say, with, with George Griffin... Paul, it's, it's consistency. He, he performs at a great level, like Sai, every week. And, you know, if he continues to, to do that, surely, you know, international honours must be on the horizon. He gets through a lot of work, Rob, as well. He's, his work rate's absolutely phenomenal. He's tackling. He just runs his blood to water. And, and we seem to be repeating ourselves from last season, like Sai said before. You know, like, you know, when you ask us about who's man of the match, at the end of the show every week we say oh, who's your man of the match and you could say Craig Copjet nearly every week couldn't you or Michael Dobson nearly every week because the same guys um, are putting the performances and George Griffin's one of them he, he never lets us down he's, he's progressing all the time and let's have it right he's not he's not that old either is he I mean for a prop I mean you know props seem to sort of mature mid to late 20s don't they look at like Sir Chris Hill and people like that but you know George Griffin early 20s whatever he is I'm not too sure what he is but he's not I wouldn't say he was older, over 25 is he so um, he's definitely uh, definitely one of our, our top performers yep so Salford in the lead approaching half time unfortunately Warrington uh, managed to grab the lead a try from Jack Hughes side bounced off a couple of Salford players and went over before half time again another you know was a coach color to call him don't they uh, you know, just for half time changes Ian Watson's half uh, time team talk. Yeah, it does. It does change it. But I mean, to me, I, I'd use it. I'd use that in a different way because that's your, that's your team talk kind of ready for you to go in with. Because you just say, look, you know, guys, we, we've done this. We could have been in front for half time. Blah blah blah. This is what we've got to kind of uh, you know stiffen up on. And to me, it, you can go in there and say all the things you've done right, which is great. There's always something that brings you back down, and people look on the bad side of it. So, if there's anything to kind of take from it, really, it's just try and learn to when you're getting close to, to the half, just try and close that game out until the half time, and, and you know, stiffen up and and see how we're going. But I think what it was, I think we had that many people putting in big shifts and putting in, re, you know, every effort that they've got. But you do get to a point where you're tired. You're only human. 
So it was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but um, as we were to see, it wasn't something that was going to hold us back. No, I suppose it's, you know, conceding that try before our time. Like Sai like said, Paul, you know, the players have put big minutes in. I don't know whether it's fatigue or whether it's, you know, lack of concentration before the half time, but it does happen. It, you know, it does happen some weeks and hopefully it's the kind of thing that, uh, that uh, Ian Watson might, you know, address and, and fix up so we don't, you know, concede them six points. Yeah, sometimes you've got to credit the opposition as well, Rob. I think it was a, it was a good ball from Gidley, I think, to, to Jack Hughes, two, two good players. And no, team, you're not going to nil everybody every week. Hey, team's going to score tries against you. And sometimes you, I won't say you, you don't mind, but you know the, the soft tries are the ones that annoy you. And I wouldn't say that was a soft try. It's quite a well worked try. And um, you know what, all the Warrington tries were, were to be honest. So, uh, so no, I remember thinking at the time, I thought we deserved the lead at half time. I thought we were the better side in the first half, and to be going in ten eight. Half time was a bit of a downer, but you know we came out of the block firing in the second half and got off to a perfect start. Yeah, Ian Watson had his two pennies worth to say at half time, Si, and Sofa come out flying. A try from Chris Brining uh, just after half time. You know, great finish for Bayern. Yeah, he seems to have this, uh, this kind of jack in the box kind of attitude when it comes to you know close to the attacker's line, um, and I've looked at it again. You know, on the replays, how he manages to finish that ball is beyond me. Um, because it's, how, how he keeps control of it is just, it's unbelievable. Um, and like I say, I've watched it time and time again. It could That ball could easily be knocked out by any of them defenders who's rounded, but he manages to obviously you know, stretch himself out and get get the ball down. It was, to be honest, it was one of, one of the better finishes I've seen in a long while. Yeah, for me, Paul, great strength, great ability, great technical ability to get his hand, his hand you know, around the players to score. You know, this, this Brining is, is a class act and you know, we're looking forward to more things in that in a red shirt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was glad to see him back in after missing the Uddersfield game and the, and the Leeds game. It was good to see him back in. He seems to have that awareness as well, doesn't he? You know, sometimes certain hookers will, will try and dive over every opportunity, won't they, you know, and waste a tackle. But he doesn't. He seems to spot the opportunity. I think that's two he's got this season now. Um, so, so yeah, I'm very impressed with him. I'm very impressed with, with his speed as well. You know, around the rook, he's nippy, his distribution's good, he's, he's, you know, passing, he can pass the ball from left to right, you know, sounds daft that, but not every player can, and um, and, and Chris certainly can, he, you know, he's, he's, his ball's always there on the mark, and you notice it with him, we've got two good hookers there, Logan Tompkins as well is improving all the time, I think Logan Tompkins is, has been really good this season since coming back from his, you know, quite a bad injury, what he had, and you've, we've got two decent hookers there, we can get good minutes out of both of them. Yeah, we're talking about uh, our hooking department side with Brian in and Tompkins and Wood. You know, three class acts like Paul said, and it's great you have that competition, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, I, I think I, I think when Logan Tompkins doesn't play, we do miss him a lot because he's a tackle machine. Uh, I noticed this weekend, uh, Ashton Sims took the ball a few times and run straight at Logan Tompkins. And every time that he runs straight at him, he didn't knock him out of the way. Uh, Logan Tompkins seemed to complete the tackle. And then, you know, obviously get back into position. But yeah, this this Chris Brandon is is he's looking the real deal at the minute, and he's he's he don't seem to be afraid or kind of be uh, within himself when it, when he's in the Super League now. Taking into consideration he's been playing in a couple of leagues below, uh, but the strength of the lad for someone who's quite slender is um, is phenomenal. His tackling ability is phenomenal. So it's just good that we've now got them two players that we can interchange, and you get you're getting pretty much a similar kind of player. Obviously, one being the one being a bit quicker than the other and, and whatnot. But going back to what Paul said there about him uh, with his decision-making, 
I think a lot of his decision-making of, you know, knowing when to go himself or when to spin the ball out, I think he's been spoke to by the likes of Dobson because Dobson seems to be kind of being the general at the back there, can, can tell him, you know, give him a nod, go on, give it a go, you know, take one in, let's see how you go or, you know, if he wants it out, if he's got his moves set, usually your half back there is, is the man who, who dictates to, to you whether you've got the ball's going to come out, whether you've got a set move on or whether you can give it a shot yourself. So I think it's the uh, the communication between them two seems pretty good. Yeah, I think obviously with the Brian and, and Rob Louie and Dobson and O'Brien Paul, you've got the sort of the diamond of, of, of creation there that teams aren't dealing with it. They're not. They really are struggling to pick. You know who's the who's the man to make the the magic happen, as it were. Yeah, certainly we've mentioned before, haven't we, about Gareth O'Brien being an extra pivot, and you know we look dangerous when O'Brien and Robert Louis Dobson they're all firing. You know we do look really dangerous. There was a, there was a chance in the first half. I think I don't think we spoke about it before where. The touch judge, I think it was James Charles, and the touch judge pulled us back for a forward pass. Oh, yeah. It was Josh Jones when he shot through. It was a lovely, it was a training ground move. It was absolutely fantastic. It wasn't forward. Um, and he pulled us back for a forward pass. It was a lovely runaround move. And we've put a few of them on this season. And, you know, Gareth O'Brien does that run where he runs around the back, and it is quality. It really is. And I don't think there's any team in the Super League that can deal with that. We did it a lot last season. And, um, no, it is good. And now you've got Brian in there as well now. And, um, He's linking up in the attack really well and very positive. Logan Tompkins. And another lad who we've not mentioned, Matty Wilkinson as well. You've got him waiting in the wing, Josh Wood. So in that department there, we, we're not we're not short of numbers. We've got some talent there. Yeah, that, that's it. talking about that linesman, he pulled it back so late. I was on my way to work on Monday when he pulled it back. It was that, it was that <laughs> long. It was that far. But, you know, that, he, he waited that long before he pulled it. So. Uh, but like I said, you know, we're really impressed with, with the hooking department. We're doing really well. Uh, and I'm hoping, like I say, we've got more to come. Uh, more confidence will build and, you know, we'll get you know, more and more out of them all. Yeah, definitely. That's what that's what we're looking for. I think the emergence as well of like Rob Lewis seems to come back into form as well. Like you're saying there, we've got options each way. The past two games that Rob Lewis played, he seems to be wanting to take the ball on a bit more. I noticed at weekend he was doing a few more of his side steps. He's very unpredictable, uh, Rob Lewis, when he starts running defences. And last year when we played Say Ellens was probably the best game I've seen him play. And when he starts running defences, he starts his side steps. He's looking at the the offload passes. That's when he's so dangerous. And there was a number of times last year that he seemed to kind of go back into the like I wouldn't say a lazy stage, but it's like kind of like the confidence had been shot out of him. But I think his confidence seems to be really up at the minute, and it looks like the two halfbacks really took on the the you know the the challenge of Todd Carney, Carney coming in, in in the next well in the near future really. Yeah, Gaz O'Brien kicked the goal. The South were leading by four. Paul, uh, Warren hit back with a try from Jack Jones, long ball, uh, he dives over in the corner to tie up the scores Yeah, and the, and the good thing is they missed that kick so it, it kept us on, on 14 apiece and Yeah, but that, that was a good, that was a well-worked try from Warrington, that, I thought, a nice cut-out pass from Gidley, and you know, it was a difficult one to stop that really, the Johnson there, the winger finished it well, but 14 apiece there, I mean, that was I think that's where Ian Watson was talking about, the grit and determination there of the side, I mean you know, time's gone by. You know, Warrington could have gone along and and and, and snatched that game from us there, but but no, it wasn't to be. I thought I thought we hung in there at that sort of time. There quite a bit of ball, Warrington. We we defended the line a couple of times, a couple of dropouts, and um, you know we we showed that grit at Huddersfield, didn't we? And um, to a certain extent, for quite long periods in the Leeds game, we did we did a lot of defending, and and that's that's a pleasing thing for me this season. I think the defence has been really tightened up, and we hung in there, and uh, obviously we got that penalty goal and nudged ourselves in front again. Yeah. Uh, last week's side, we talked about the, uh, the Doctor Devil having a, potentially having a drum. Can you remember how Warrington missed that kick? 
He toddled over behind uh, Declan Patton, started whacking the boards. Declan Patton slices the kick, <laughs> ties, keeps the score tied. Crucial moments in games. I think we all want for Dr. Devil for that for me. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll. Uh, I think he deserves a bit of a pat on the back. It, it made me laugh really because I know a lot of the fans and supporters have been saying that you know don't get a drum, we can make this noise ourselves. And all it's taken is Doctor Devil to to bang on the audience a few times, and and it, it seems to raise the atmosphere that weekend. So you just imagine if he did have a drum and he was walking around, you know, making his own little tunes, getting the, the crowd going. I think it could be a bit louder, but who am I to 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 kind of sway judgment on it I'm just happy for the atmosphere to carry on and like I say when you've got a bit of an intimidating atmosphere kicking a ball at goal isn't so easy so maybe it's, uh, it's something that we can take on yep you're singing from the same hymn sheet as me Sash, putting the kicker off with a drum that's that's the way to go for me uh, so like Paul said uh, O'Brien kicks a penalty to nudges in front uh, and then a try by Junior Sal little kick through uh, Sal is there, Bibby's there, but Sal gets ahead of uh, Bibby and touches down. Paul, how good was the kick from Dobson though? Yeah, what a kick! Absolutely fantastic kick from Michael Dobson. I mean, just some of the things he does. He's, he's kicking games. He's outstanding. You know, he's long kicking game, short kicking game. You know, he set up sort of two tries there from kicks, and he was tremendous again, leading us around the park. And as I said before, outplayed his halfbacks. But just one person we haven't mentioned yet and I thought he had a really good game on Saturday was uh, Lamataza mm. every time he, he broke through there he landed on his front you know that gets you on the, the goal forward there you land on your front up play the ball quick and you know with, with Chris Bryan in there and Logan Tompkins nippy at dummy half I think that um, caused Warrington all sorts of problems but that was a fantastic kick that from Dobson and uh, well well finished from Junior Sow as well because it had to be scored that yeah two tries by Junior Sow's side you know showing his, his top class centre and he knows where the line is yeah, of course he did. And I mean, not many people realised that about two minutes early, he looked like he was going to be out of the game. He took a bit of a big hit and he was uh, he was on the floor for a couple of minutes. So he seemed to rise like Lazarus and um, kind of walk on water to get through and put that ball down. So, we, you know, the fans love him. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, some of the things he does. I've seen a, um, a tweet over over the weekend about um, he'd give the boots to, to a lady whose dad had just passed away. And Junior Sow was his favourite, you know, his favourite player. So he's just, and he epitomises what our club's about, you know, family. Oh, it's like a like a family club, and he's just he's just one of them guys who you, you know you've got every, all the time in the world for. So he's uh, he's certainly a fan's favourite. Put it that way. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Gaz O'Brien kicked the goal, and then he kicked a, a penalty goal at the death pole to Edges clear, and you know it was Gaz O'Brien under pressure in that last couple of minutes to kick two uh, two goals, and he and he made it happen. Yeah, he did. His kicking was... He missed a couple in the first half, didn't he? One of them looked like a quite a straightforward one, but he made up for it in that second half, yeah. And um, no, I was, was pleased for him. I thought he played really well, Gaz O'Brien. He took... You know, Warrington peppered him with a few high kicks. He took them, he defended well and uh, against his old club and he had a really good good performance. Yeah, three-year contract last, last week he signed. Si. You know, Gaz O'Brien could be the kind of player that this sort of team is built around in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. He's got the. Um, he kind of like um, infuses the rest of the players around him with his confidence as well. Um, I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like Gaz to go and miss an important kick for us, is it? He gets <laughs> us in the league, you know, at the end of the day. So, but he's. I mean, I put my full faith in him, and, and I mean, Paul just said there he missed a couple, you know, a couple of early uh, kicks at the goal. People forgetting that that weather that weekend was was pretty bad. It's uh, you know the the rain started coming down, the wind was swirling, and that's why I, 
I think Warrington tried to put a few early high bombs onto to Gaz, but he seems to diffuse them pretty quick. And as soon as you get, you know, Kevin Brown's putting kicks up and he's diffusing bombs like that, it, it's, he knows he's not going to get no change out of him. And the confidence just grows from Gaz then. So um, he's vital to us. He's, you know, he's our gatekeeper at the back. He's our lock picker at the, when we're going forward on that third pivot as well. So he's um, getting that three-year deal for us. He's, I think he's uh, major for the club. Yeah, obviously, Gaz O'Brien was the uh, the star man at the end, uh, kicking the two goals. But the the man of the the match, well, the man of the match, the the person who was most important in the match was Junior South, who scored two tries. And I spoke to him after the game for the devil in detail. Devil in detail. So I'm joined by Junior South. Big win for Salford away, Junior. Great performance. That was great uh, team effort today. You know, we knew it was going to be a tough game and. You know, like Warrington, they, they never go away. So, you know, we're lucky to get away towards the end. But you know, it was, it was a great team effort. A bit, bit of a physical game. You took a bang on, on at one point. Struggled, looked like you were struggling, but you know, you put in a massive performance for me. Yeah, you know, you know you're always going to get those knocks, but you know, it's um, like I said, you know, it was, it was a great team effort. We knew it was going to be an arm wrestle. You know, Warrington is a great team and probably the top, top four. You know throughout the whole year a uh, couple of years so you know it was a big challenge for us and it was a good challenge for us just to see where we're at you know we, we still got a lot lot to um, improvement in ourselves but you know it's uh, some good signs yeah two tries for yourself today uh, you know bursting that one into line frequently you know really good performance I thought yeah no look you know full credit to our forwards you know you know they've they set the platform, you know, my job is pretty easy, you know, is making sure that I finish those tries off. But, you know, it's, you know, having Gaz, you know, playing some awesome footy throughout early stage of the, the year, you know, sort of helps helps my game as well. So, you know, full credit to our forwards. Yeah, Wakefield next week, got to be confident going into that? Yeah, you know, we just got to enjoy the win today and make sure we come Monday, we, we, you know, our preparation's um, spot on because... You know, Wakey's a tough team as well, so, you know, every week is a tough game, but we're just taking game a game. You know, as long as we're improving as a team, we can, you know, that's the main thing. Cheers, thanks for speaking to Cheers. Devil in Detail. Thank you. Devil in Detail. Black with Junior South talking to us uh, about the game, uh, Paul. You know, it was a good uh, performance and he was really impressed with the the forwards as well. Uh, gave him a good, uh, you know, building blocks to build on a good performance yeah certainly certainly he took his two tries really well junior so and you know one thing <clears throat> he gets all the plaudits I mean I'll echo what, what I said there about him I think he's, he's a gentleman he's a lovely bloke and he wears his heart on his sleeve and he'll he'll bleed he'll bleed blood for for us every week won't he you know he runs his blood to what I mean sometimes you'll see him take a knock and he's one of those players who'll, who'll just grit his teeth and get on with it. He was hobbling about a few times on, on Saturday and, you know, he don't want to come after it. He just wants to shake it off and, and keep going. And you know, He's a warrior, Junior so and, uh, you know, I was really pleased for him on, on Saturday. Yeah, it could be coming a bit of a, bit of a fan's favourite, uh, Si, you know, like a, a cult hero, as it were, you know, for his performances so far in the red shirt. You know, over yeah. the years, I, I think, he, you know, he could be you know, the likes of Stuart Littler, if he continues in the in the same vein he's at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like I say, he becomes a, he becomes a bit of an ever-present for us. And when he's not there, we do miss him. Um, I've been very, very impressed with his, uh, his speed. He seems a lot quicker. Um, I don't know whether he's been something he's been working on or, or what, but he seems a lot quicker than, than he has in the past. Uh, and I think Paul's just picking him up there because it's his uh, it's his fellow acting mate, isn't it? So uh, I think I think that's what he's getting at anyway. But no, he's 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 brilliant and he's 
he's been ever present for us and he, you know he scores a lot of tries I remember listening to a, a fact on the Uddersfield game and he said that he, scored, he usually scores one in every two but this year he seems to be keeping this record up where he's I think he's got a try a game uh, this year so uh, hopefully if he can carry it on he can uh, can move up them charts and maybe you know go towards a total try scorer yeah, you're just you're just jealous, Sai, because Paul took your thespian crown off you. <laughs> no, I'm okay, trust me. <laughs> you'll be back. That's what he's saying, Paul. You'll be, you'll be back. Oh, I don't, I don't know what thespian Rob face for radio, me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, great performance from Salford, and uh, Paul managed to speak to uh, Ian Watson in Coach's Corner, uh, and he talked about the the game against Warrington. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, I'm delighted to say I'm with Ian Watson after today's winning and you must be really pleased the way we hung in there and, and ground out a really tough win against the good Warrington side. Yeah, it was something we spoke about on the back of the Leeds performance and things kind of not going our way. I felt today we was on the rough end of some 50-50 decisions today, but the kind of the grit and the determination the boys showing and to come through the other side bodes well for us because it's what we spoke about, about taking matters in our own hands and dealing with what's thrown at us and then coming out the other side. So really pleasing. I thought the boys were, uh, were great in that. Michael Dobson game managed today well, didn't he? I mean, that cover kick for the Julian South try was, was a bit of quality. In poor conditions in that second half, the rain was teaming down and, and we played it well, didn't we? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, when you get into conditions like these, you've got to play the conditions and play them well. We speak about um, when we're getting in them good field positions in there and playing for repeat sets. Dobbo was seeing it early count, early in the tackle count, a little dinking behind as well. And it always troubles teams in the wet. And then Junior's come up on the other end of it and scored, which is a, a great try for us to win us the game. Where do you see Todd Carney fitting in now? You know, obviously you're not going to drop Louis or, or Dobson this week. That must give you a good selection headache, you know, going into you know Wakefield and Casper in our next two fixtures. Yeah, that's what he'll do. He'll give us an headache. So, yeah, but that's a good, what, a good that, headache. Yeah, 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 but yeah. that's what that's what we wanted. What competition places here at Salford. We don't want people guaranteed a spot we um, want people to work for the place and you know, if, as well as Todd Carney there's, you've got young Jake Bibby you've got you know, Josh Wood you've got people who are pushing people for places all the time Ryan Lannan who's come in today he's only had short minutes but he's done he's done a great job in the week and the way we're prepared um, so as long as we, we keep people fit and we can keep driving that competition amongst each other I feel we'll be a strong force Nice to see Jake Bibby playing again there I mean, obviously Carney's out as we just mentioned there and you know, he's, he's done really well coming in young lad and he's you know, a lot of pressure yeah. there against a good Warrington side and he doesn't look, look out of place at all does he? No he's been great to be fair um, Jake came in last year for us and it, I remember his game of the magic it was um, against Witness and he sat in the change rooms and he was just kind of shaking he was nervous as hell to be fair um, very different from Lannan where Lannan's just pretty just ready to play right, wherever you want him um, but Jake was one of them very nervous and he's getting a bit of a run of games at them two he had about seven last year um, it, it's good for us to bring some of the young guys through because we need young British players coming through to play for us and um, Jake's one of them and doing really well for us at the moment Any news on Nile Levels? Is he injured at the moment? No, he'd be fully fit now um, he was injured he um, had a little tear in his calf um, he was back doing full training yesterday with um, all the with the Carnies and the Benny Murdochs and people like that so he's fully fit and uh, available for selection again gives now. you a good headache next week then because obviously yeah. Justin Carney's available next week Nile Levels is available so yeah. obviously see how we go in training and see where we go next week against Wakefield yeah well that was it we had a we had a real decent week this week because of the amount of people who we've, our bodies have got that fit our medical team's done a great job um, with the injured guys and getting them back 
probably a little bit quicker than what we expected. I mean, N- Niall in full training 10 days after tearing a calf, um, probably unheard of a little bit, um, but he was out there yesterday and he's been out with us during the week doing little bits and it's just helped us prepare better when you've got a full squad and a healthy squad as well. How far has Ben Murdoch missed from, from fitness? He's very close, he was in full training again yesterday as well, so you, you, we had uh, both the Carnage, Benny Murdoch, Niall, um, Jordan Wall. Um, there, there's a couple, young Connor Williams he's nearing full fitness well he was in full contacts yesterday um, so we're getting our squad healthy which is which is a good a good time coming towards Easter to be fair because your squad will be tested and as you can see there's everything picks up the injuries I mean we've had our injuries it's, we don't moan about them we just deal with it and get on with it because we believe that we've got some young kids in here who can step up and take your opportunity because that's what it is it's an opportunity when someone gets injured it certainly is well fantastic win today congratulations Ian and good luck next week against Wakefield brilliant cheers Paul Coach's Corner so Ian Watson happy with that performance Paul yeah he certainly was certainly was and um, he was pleasing really because the week before no, I felt really I just wanted to hug him the week before because uh, <laughs> Felt really sorry for him at Eddingley because you know we were heartbroken one at the end of the game and really annoyed. And you know the the effort that they put in this week, the effort they put in that game, you can only feel pleased for what because he's such a lovely guy as well, isn't he? And yeah, dead pleased for him. And uh, let's just hope we can take this farm into the Wakefield game. Yeah, obviously Ian Watson taking on uh, Tony Smith. You know Tony Smith's a great coach, and obviously you know Ian Watson getting the better of him this week. Yeah, I know Paul said earlier on that Tony Smith didn't seem to give us um, the credit that we deserve. I think what it is with Tony Smith he's just under a bit of pressure at the minute um, they've not got a win in the Super League and he, I think he's trying to deflect as much uh, negative vibes coming out of the club um, you know he, he can't go out there and say oh yeah Salford absolutely you know deserves to win that game he's trying to keep, he's trying to pick positives out of what his team are doing at the minute um, I know our club you know all kind of coaches do that as well and maybe is it a, a good management thing I don't know uh, behind closed doors he's probably he's probably looking at that performance and thinking no Salford you know we're well deserved of it but Watso seems to be coming into his own um, and it, it just seems funny I heard a comment at the weekend uh, regarding the, the likes of different clubs who, who be kind of coached by you know by backs and they play a bit more of an expansive game where there's teams who, who have got like a forwards who's a coach he seems to play a bit more structured and it, it's kind of showing that way with Cass at the minute uh, they've got three uh, three backs at the minute who kind of who are coaching them and they seem to be playing this expansive game um, but I was, I was saying at weekend I do think that um, Mr Poaching deserves a bit of credit because he seems to he seems to have got this, these fresh ideas and this, this different of a mental approach to games as well so hopefully if it carries on it's, it can all be all good for us I suppose bringing Willie Poaching in uh, Paul, you know, they're hoping for the that, the poaching effect and, you know, it seems like the, the players have bought into it and we're, we're going in the right direction now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's an experienced pro and he really poaching, been around the block, played at Leeds for a long time and he feels that he's got a lot of experience and that's rubbing off on Ian Watson. I mean, look how much experience Ian Watson's got. I mean, he's been around the game for a long time, hasn't he? And, you know, played at a high level with a, with a lot of different clubs. Very experienced player, played for Wales as well. He, you know, he knows the business here and what's when he talks to me, he knows the game inside out. And he's learning all the time as well. And I think he picked a lot up last season, you know, working with Tim Sheens. But I think, I, I don't know, last season people seem to sort of belittle him. Not, well, not belittle him, but sort of say he's got this mentor there with him, with Tim Sheens and that. But I think he's his own man, Ian Watson, and he's a very, very good coach. And I, I've said it to you, Rob, before. I hope he's at Salford in sort of five, ten years to come because you could build a dynasty with this guy. He's 
he's he's the man. Uh, I've got a lot of time for him, so I think he's brilliant and he's doing a really good job for us. Yeah, like the same side before when you talked about forwards and backs. Ian Watson, busy halfback, kind of moulding the team, you know, into a you know a team with both brains and brawn. And you know, like Paul said, you know, given an opportunity, given sort of three five years, who knows where we could be? Yeah, definitely. I, I, and to be honest, since since um, since Watto's been at the at the helm, it seems to be him who's bringing a lot of this the third pivot run as well. Because I've never seen us throw that ball before before Watto was there. And I know a lot of other clubs are now deciding to bring that third pivot in, which is obviously, I won't say they're copying us, but obviously they're catching on to that. It's, it's effective. So, you know, when you've got when you've got somebody who's a halfback who, who knows the game, knows how to control the game, he's very good with his game management, then that's that's what, you know, that's what he's instilling into the team at the minute. And like you say, if he can stay there for a good few years, because from what I can gather, I know the, the board, you know, Q Cash, they're all happy with him. All the players seem to be, you know, loving it under under Watto as well. And I think they've got that bit more of a, a respect because he's a Salford lad. Um, you know, he's played for the club. He's, he's like you say there, he's been been around the block as well, played international rugby. So I think they've just got that bit more of um, like a, an affinity with him, and they seem to be coming together and playing for him. Yeah, like I said, Paul. You know, Ian Watson is a, is a local lad, and I suppose he knows what Salford is. Salford through and through, in a way, and. Obviously, he knows you know history and you know the history of the club and how we've kind of underachieved over the last sort of five ten years. But you know, he, he could be the man to, to take us forward and, and you know reach a, another level with him. Yeah, he, he knows what it means. I think that's that's the important thing. He knows what it means to be a Salford supporter or be around the club. And you could tell that last week at, at Leeds, um, we all know how important it is to, to perform in games like that and what it means to, to lose there. And that's what sort of rubbed off on me last week, how much he was hurting. And uh, um, yeah, and I think he's, he's taking the, the club forward. And just even when you speak to him, you can't help but sort of listen to him because he's so genuine the way he speaks to him. If he speaks to players like that, I mean, we don't often talk about this in, in rugby league, do we? About like sort of man management and that, and how you, you sort of coach a player. Do you put an arm around him? Do you? They shout at him and, and Ian Watson sort of I think he's got a good mixture. I don't think he's he's softer to players, not at all. I think he can be stern and, and tell him what to do. But I think he's a very approachable bloke as well. And a bloke who you you can learn off and I think that's all good. Yeah, so we've had man management, we've had game management, now we're having stats. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> we're having stats management now. So obviously, uh stats, look at the stats. Tackles made, Joshua Jones is thirty five, Griffin with twenty six, Lamatazi with thirty one, uh Lee Mossett with thirty side. You know, the forwards making a massive effort there uh, throughout the game against a big Warrington pack. Ashton Sims uh, is a big forward, ran at us all day, uh, but the forwards looked at, you know, looked after him. To be quite honest, Ashton Sims took in three drives within the first <clears throat> with five minutes and I looked at him and he looked absolutely knackered. And I don't know whether somebody took the wind out of him or what, but I know he got some some like kind of early service of Liam Mossop, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, when well, you got your forwards doing, you know, big minutes, big hits, you know, big numbers of tackles there as well. Well, Amitaz, it looks like he's back to what he was two years ago. It looks like he's got the fire in his belly. It looks like he's got that grit. And I think he's our, he's our bully in, in forwards. I know the other lads do the work and they know they'll complete the tackles and whatnot. But if there's anybody who's going to have a big hit, Lamitaz is usually the man to come out the line and absolutely nail someone. And I think other forwards know that. And when you like you say you, you got your four forwards there coming up with with the big numbers of tackles, it's only good for that for our team and and it just shows you the the work rate that what I was got them doing. Yeah, the carries as well. Lamatazi with thirteen, Lee Mossop with twelve, 
uh, Jones with 16, George Griffin with 13. You know, the forwards put a massive effort in, Paul, and, you know, the stats back it up. We bullied Warrington. We did, and and it's funny because Warrington's got a big pack, haven't they? I mean, some good players in there. You know, Ashton Sims is, is a size, but look at the other lads they've got there. You know, Mike Cooper as well. Ben Westwood, you know, Mike Cooper playing in NRL last season. Look how we stood up to them. You stood up to them without Weller, Aki, without Ben Murdoch, Masilla. You know, you're two, you're two big men in the second row there, and... You know, if you'd have said the week before we'd, we'd have bullied Warrington, you'd have thought you were daft, really, wouldn't you? I mean, with the forwards we've got missing. But, no, we stood up and we counted against, you know, one of the biggest packs in, in Super League. And, yeah, we was um, we was more than a match for him. And I think we did. We out-bullied him and outplayed their forwards. Yeah, top meter makers, Junior Sal with 120. Uh, Greg Johnson with 108. Mossop with 102. Uh, Copjack with 72. Uh, Lamatazzi, like I said, signed 98. You know, it is. You know, he's making big meters, Lamatazzi. You know, with a forward, like you said, Lamatazzi, Cop Jack, and Mossop and Griffin, four big forwards there making big, big goal forward. And, you know, that's what you want. You need a team that goes forward, and them boys are, are sending them forward, aren't they? Of course they are. If they set that platform for you to then obviously bring in the likes of Chris Bryan and Logan Tompkins to run from, you know, from Dumpy Half when, you know, other teams are offside, that's what, that's what it does. It catches them. And when you've got like, you know, like I said, there is a bit of a bull amateurs. It the only reason why I say that is he runs so hard, and when he gets to players, he, he seems to use his body to try and bounce the person off because he knows for the fact he's got the power to do it. But then what it does is it kind of brings your defenses. You, you drop three men onto him, just like we said earlier on about the, about the try. George Griffin got the ball out wide, spun one way, three defenders converged on him, and he flipped it back the opposite side and then we was in the corner so it does open up your gaps all the time when you've got like big meter makers uh, big meter makers from your from your forwards and i've got to admit uh, you know at weekend i've got to admit i thought greg johnson carried the ball really really well um he seemed to be finding gaps again he seems to be getting that extra spring in his step he just seems to be growing in a bit more confidence um in the past couple of games so hopefully that can continue yeah Big thanks to everyone who gave us their three-word match thoughts and man of the matches. Uh, Martin, great team effort. His man of the match was Louis. Uh, JK, Salford, Red, Red, uh, Salford Rugby League FC. Salford, well coached. Uh, their man of the match was Dobson. Colin Reynolds, great team effort. Uh, man of the match was Dobson. Hey, Paul, guess who this is? Game management, excellent. Dobbo. Who do you reckon that was? Ooh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> give us a clue. Yeah, give us a clue. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll so well. say... Sir, you were were spot on. You know, the game management was excellent and Dobbo leads around the park. His his nickname, I think, is the general and he's he's showing all the the skills of one. Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier on to Paul, just before we started recording, the two halfbacks seem to be really taking on this mantle of of, of bossings around the park. Um, And when you've got good game management with your kicking game, like your short kicking game, like we said earlier on, for for Sal to score the try... When you when you've got stuff like that, you put you put the defenses on the back foot because they don't know which way you're going to go with it, uh, and we just look pretty lucky at the minute that Rob Blue is you know getting his confidence back. Whereas he can run at the line, and if they think he's going to kick, they'll drop back, and then he can step the opposite side. So it's opening, like I say, it's opening these uh, these little pockets of space uh, all the time. But yeah, it is a favourite word of mine, game management. But uh, I don't think I'll ever live it down like. But it, it seems to be something that uh, Watto picked up on last year anyway. So yeah, I'm not alone. Well, so as soon as Ian Watson starts saying it, Paul, we'll be saying, don't, don't start nicking size lines. That's what I'll be saying. <laughs> as soon as he, as soon as he starts rolling that out. 
Uh, next one, uh, proving <laughs> doubt is wrong, and that was from Ray Say Snow, uh, and his man of the match was Dobson, Graham Jones, superb team effort, uh, and his man of the match was the team. Like, like we said, it's a magical team effort, you know, to beat Warrington, uh, and you know, it was great effort from everyone, Paul, and you know, hopefully they'll be able to carry that on, uh, you know, for the few weeks to come. Yeah, certainly. I'd like to give a mention to a couple of players we haven't spoke about there. You know, Ryan Lannan. I thought Ryan Lannan came in, came back in off the bench and worked very hard. And Olsey Krasniki as well. He come on and he did some really good runs, Olsey, and um, you know created a couple of couple of chances and put a few big hits in. So well done to him and Matt Flanagan as well. We've not spoke about and he did all sorts of work there. You know, running, the, you know, the amount of tackling that he did and. You know, he's always there and you sort of miss him sometimes and don't really notice what he does, but um, he's always there every week and you know, he's like the bionic man and he's flying and he just seems to keep going. I suppose the likes of Ollie Krenicki and Ryan Lannan uh, side, you know, they're the kind of, you know, the building blocks of this team. You know, they might not get the headlines, but they put, you know, a shift in week in, week out, don't they? Yeah, yeah, of course they do. I don't think I've ever seen Krasnick have a bad game for us. He always seems to be like, uh, he's like always oh, his steady kind of, if he was Mark's at, I'd say he's steady seven. He'll always carry the ball well for you. He'll always put everything in defence. Uh, and, and I'm guilty of this. Yeah, he, Paul's right. He was absolutely brilliant at the weekend. Um, and like you say, they, they don't seem to get the headlines, but you, you know that the hard work they're doing, like you said there about, about, about Flash, you know, you don't go out there and mention him every week, but the hard work that he does, and he's another one. He organises so much when he's on the on the uh, on the pitch because he's been around the block and he knows he knows the crap with Super League and whatnot. He, he's there and he's doing the hard work without you even knowing. So the the you know when you get to like a standout performer, yeah, you do go bloody hell, he's had a great game. But because it's only because we don't mention Flash because he's usually having a great game every week, really. So it's uh, it's nice to see. But like say see Lannan come off the bench, uh, it was. Really, really good to see again, and I think he's um, he's going to be a special player, Ryan Lennon. And I just hope that he uh, he just starts to get some more kind of opportunities to show what he's about. So Rebecca Canny, her three-word match report was grounded players and teamwork, and her man of the match was Dobbo. Paul Foster grounded it out. His man of the match was Sal. But Chairman Bob, lad dug deep, and his man of the match was Dobbo. Chris and Janet Shenton. Great team effort, uh, and their man of the match was Junior South. Jake Channett, what a, what a win, uh, and his man of the match was Logan Tompkins uh, and Junior South. Uh, Paul King, incredible defensive effort, and his man of the match was Junior South. Uh, Andrew Martin, absolutely brilliant performance, and his man of the match was South again, Sai. Um, and the last one is Nat, dominant, structured, and deserved, and his man of the match was Mossop. So obviously a lot of uh, different man of the matches there. Um, which was good, like you say, it's a big team effort, and the uh, the praise was shared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, the more people that you know can see that other other players are doing well, and you know deserve the man of the match. Obviously, that's when the the full team comes together as as a, a performance, really. So if everyone's putting that shift in, and everyone's got that high, you know, um, high level of performance, then we must be doing something right as a full team. Who was your man of the match, Paul? Dobson. Well, I thought Michael Dobson was spot on. Um, but just going back to what the guy said there on the three-way match reports, you can say Dobson, but you two probably say something different. But you could have given it to you know half a dozen players there, couldn't you? You know, the performance. I don't think you could argue anybody. You could say any of that 17 man of the match and you could, you'd have a case for them because there was that many good performances. I just thought Dobson stood out with his, you know, his creativity from the kicks and uh, just the way... He, I'm not going to say I was going to say the way he managed the game, but I better not say <laughs> that. Just the way he sort of organised everything, and and I just thought he was really steady. I thought Robert Lou was good as 
well. I thought Robert Louis played well, but um, I just thought uh, Dobson edged it for me. Put on your three-match um, review there. I, I actually said Dobson as well. Uh, Shirley on his game management, funny enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought he was, um, like I said earlier, on, he's, he's, he's boxing things around now. He's, he is like our little general. He's, he's, his partner's around the pitch and he's, he's picking up on plays and he, he just seems to be putting everything into position that seems to be working for us at the minute. I'm going to go for Lee Mossop. Another great performance by him, leading the the, the, the the charge. And, you know, big forwards, you know, like him, you know, have to make a statement. And obviously, Ashton Sims for Warrington was, you know, wanted to make an impression. And our forwards, you know, knocked him down. So I'm going for Lee Mossop this week for my man of the match. So that was the, the review of the Warrington game, our great win. And what we'll do now, we'll look what happened in the amateur scene this week with Paul. We'll start this week's amateur report by taking a look at the National Conference Leagues. They got underway this weekend, just gone Saturday the 4th of March. Rochdale Mayfield got off to a flyer in the Premier Division. They beat Wigan St. Pat's by 30 points to 16 at home. Drillington's match against Saddleworth Rangers in Division 2 was postponed due to a waterlog pitch. There was a lot of rain over Friday and the pitch couldn't take that. But Salford City Roosters went down 14 points to 18 at home to Bradley, Bradford Dudley Hill in a real close, close contest. It was 8-6 at half-time there. No, three tries for the Roosters. Four tries for Bradford Dudley. The Roosters tries coming from Smith, Lynch and Kemp and Muscat with just a one conversion. So bad luck there to the Salford City Roosters. Moving on to Division 3, there was two fixtures in there. Dewsbury Celtic 22, Waterhead 40. Great win there for Waterhead. Tries come from Pemberton, Chadwick, Garrett, Fitzgerald, McGrady, Mayle and Bennett. And Fitzgerald kick one goal, Mayle kick five. So great win away from home for Waterhead. Uh, Oldham St Anne's match against Wollstone Rovers was postponed again due to a waterlog pitch. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 11th of March, are as follows. In the Premier Division, it's West Hull against Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 2, it's Crossfields against Salford City Roosters and Saddleworth Rangers against the Oldham Raiders. And in Division 3, Barrow Island play Oldham St Anne's and Waterhead Warriors play Stanley Rangers. Well, moving on to Student Rugby League. Massive game uh, coming up this weekend for Manchester University. We'll talk about that in a second. We've just got a result to bring you from the College Rugby League. This game was played, I think it was last Wednesday. It was Salford, Red Devils 30, Hopwood Hall a nil. So a great result there for Salford College. So as I said, Manchester University are in action in the Northern Conference Cup Final. They play against Leeds, Becky A. That's this Wednesday, the 8th of March. And There's another fixture as well. In College Rugby League, in Division 2, it's St John Rugby against the Salford Red Devils. So best of luck to Manchester University on Wednesday in that cup final. Let's hope you bring the silverware home. Right, we'll turn our attentions now to the North West Men's League. I've got a, a written match report, what's been sent to me from Caddy's Head. I'll read that one out to you shortly and give you some details on that one. But I'll give you the scores from Saturday. In Division 2, it was Berry Broncos 24, Leyland Warriors 16, Charlie Panthers 38, Lee East A 42. Manchester Rangers against Widnes Tigers was postponed. Wigan St Jude's A versus Rochdale Mayfield A was postponed. In Division 3, Wigan Bulldogs 34, Fitton Hill Bulldogs 10. Chester Gladiators against Oldham St Anne's was postponed, as was Crossfields A against the Rochdale Cobras. In Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhinos 18, West Orton 22. I've got a report for this one, I'll give that to you now. It was a slow start for uh, Caddy's Head Rhinos in their opening league game. It cost them dear, really, and, and the West Orton Lions stormed into a 22 0 lead. Some big hits, though, from Darren Evans, Tom Heyman, and Nathan Vernon put pressure on the visitors. And man of the match, Darren Evans had a try disallowed just before half time. But moments later, Jack Callahan scored a try to make the score 22 points to 4 at the break. A great start to the second half, though. George McNulty Shaw scored as he 
punched through the hole through the Lions' uh, defence, and he missed the conversion to that one. So that got them uh, a bit closer. Danny Royal was quick to react, pinching, p- sorry, picking up a loose ball, racing 60 metres to touchdown. McNulty Shaw kicked that goal to drag the score back to 22 points to 14. With time running out, Chris Waring set up a grandstand finish with a try to make the scores 22-18 with five minutes left. However, the, however, the visitors hung on to take the two points. So unlucky there, Caddies. You know, a great comeback in the second half. Anyway, so that'll give them a lot of confidence going into next week's game. So also in Division 4, Manchester Rangers A18, Oral St. James A22, Runcorn 17, Little Hulton Reds 10, Langworthy Reds 12, Wollstone Rovers A20. And we've also got a result, Folly Lane, this was from Division 1, Folly Lane had a fantastic win, they won away at Wigan St. Pat's, big shout out for them, they... Wigan St. Pat's a good side, no Wigan St. Pat's full of tradition there, but Folly Lane have gone there with a really young side and done the business. They won by 40 points to 16, so fantastic, and I think they're, they're probably our team of the week in the North West Men's League. So the fixtures for this weekend, Saturday the 11th of March, Division 1, Folly Lane are hoping to uh, to build on that great victory there. They're playing at home to Holton Farm with Hornets. In Division 2, it's Bold, Miners versus Rochdale Mayfield A, Berry Broncos versus Wigan St. Jude's A, Lee East A versus Manchester Rangers. In Division 3, it's Fitton Hill Bulldogs against the Chester Gladiators. Oldham St Anne's A versus Crossfields A. Rochdale Cobras versus Wigan Bulldogs. Division 4, Langworthy Reds versus Oral St James. And there's a derby match here between Little Hulton Reds and Caddy's Head Rhinos. Kulchev Eagles play the Manchester Rangers A. And in Division 5, a couple of fixtures here Aspel New Springs against Saddleworth Rangers A. And the Garswood Stags take on Barry Broncos A. Moving on now to the North West Youth League, there's quite a lot of uh, information to give you here from the Sunday just gone. It was the under-13s, Division 1, Ashton, Bears, Blacks, 22, Rochdale, Mayfield, 6. The match between Oldham St. Anne's and Newton Storm was postponed. The under-13s, Division 2, Langworthy Reds, 18, Crossfields, nil. Fantastic win there for the young Reds. Wigan St. Cuthbert's and Saddleworth Rangers was postponed. And the under-13s, Division 3, Bellevue, Bees, nil. Ashton, Bears, Golds, 18. And the Leyland Warriors, 18, South Trafford Raiders, nil. The fixtures for this weekend, Sunday the 12th of March in the North West Youth League. Under 18s, Premier Division, it is Wigan St. Patrick's against Rochdale. Division 1, Blackbrook against Langwithit. Saddleworth versus North Wales. Waterhead versus Leyland. In the under 17s, Premier Division, it is Folly Lane against Accrington and Salford against Telford. In the under 16s, Division 1, Dalton play Caddyshead. Ince Rosebridge play Waterhead. Lee East play Saddleworth. Oldham St. Anne's play Wigan St. Cuthbert's. In the under 16s, Division 2, Folly Lane take on Rochdale. Oral St. James play South Trafford Raiders. In the under 13s, these are all on Sunday as well. Waterhead Warriors play Ryland Sharks, that's in the Premier Division. In the under 13s, Division 1, it is Hindley against Oldham St. Anne's. Rochdale Mayfield against Blackbrook Blues. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers against Langworthy Reds. And the under 13s, Division 3, Lee Minor Rangers play the Bellevue B and South Trafford play the Wollstone Rovers so there's plenty there to go out next weekend and finally this week the uh, Salford Red Devils under 16s went down at Widnes on Friday the 3rd of March and they're in action this weekend on Saturday the 11th of March away to the Cumbria Storm with a 5 o'clock kickoff. that's about it for me this week I'll catch you next week Paul, so what we'll do now, we'll look forward to the game against Wakefield on Sunday. It's time for the So, Salford Red Devils take on Wakefield Trinity on Sunday. 
at the Belmont Legal Stadium, Paul. It's going to be a big game for Salford Red Devils. Yeah, it certainly is. And and this is the sort of game now that if we if we want to get in that top eight, we need to win because we need to back up now, don't we? I mean, you know, the the years we've been watching Salford, how many times have we sort of won a game and then the week after you, you've blown it? So you've got to build this momentum now, haven't you? And, and sort of consistently string string some wins together. And Wakefield's tough. It's a tough place to go. I mean, our record over the last sort of since Super League started, it's pretty poor there at Wakefield. We've, we've lost a lot of games there. We've had a, had a few hidings there. But, you know, it's a game we should be targeting, I think. You know, they had a good win at St. Helens, though, last weekend, Wakefield. And they ground it out there. And I saw the highlights of it today, and they impressed me. So they've got some got some talented players as well. But it's a game we can win, definitely. Yeah, it's a bit of a vulgar ground for us. Si, Wakefield, our, our record's not the greatest there. Um, obviously, you think that's going to be, you know, in... <laughs> Sort of Ian Watson's mind, obviously trying to motivate the players like they did against Leeds. We had a, we've got a terrible record there, and I'm sure he'll be looking at the Wakefield, you know, club and thinking, you know, we, we get a win at Wakefield. That's a message that sends a message to Super League that, you know, this could be, sorry, to, to change a, a Warrington club could be our year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think what it is, like you say, when we've had like poor, you know, poor farm at certain clubs, sometimes we do look at it thinking, oh, can we break this? I change it, mate. I just say, right. Forget about our, our past performance. Let's look at our last performance. You can't you can't prepare any better than kind of going like for like of what you've just done against Warrington. So if you go in there with a mentality, oh, you know we have a poor performance here. Let's try and let's go and try and have a win. Maybe that's going to play on your mind. But if you go out there and say, you know, we'll just beat Warrington. You know, one of the better teams last year. Let's go out there and let's kind of like match what we did last last week and let's go from there. If something you know comes out from it, great stuff. If things are not working, then we change it. So I think it, it, you know, sometimes a form at a certain ground can play on your mind like it, it seems to do every year at Leeds. Um, but if we go in there with that mentality, we'll look at our last game and just carry on from where we've left off. And I, I don't see us, uh, I don't see us losing on on Sunday, to be honest. Yeah, I suppose like getting into the top eight, Paul. You know, you've got to you know win the games you're not supposed to win. And you know, our record at Wavy isn't the greatest, but I've said before, you know, at the moment with that win against Warrington. On Saturday, we're kind of plus two on, on what we would be, you know, normally in a normal season. So, so obviously, go to Wakefield and win there, that would be plus four. And obviously, looking at the Super League table last season, is it plus six? We were minus six out of the, the, the playoffs. You know, a couple more wins along the way in, in the, the season. And then, obviously, win the games you're supposed to win. You know, top eight spot is ours. Yeah, it is. The, does it, I think it's going to be close this season. You know, teams are beating each other, aren't they? You've got to look at St. Helens. They've lost the last two games against Lee and Wakefield, and that's not being disrespectful to Lee and Wakefield. That's just sort of saying any side in that league can probably beat any other side on the day, can't they? I know there's been a few drubbings, haven't they? You know, Castleford got, got a big win against Leeds, but when they play that reserve, the reverse fixture of that, you know, later on in the season. I won't be surprised if Leeds beat them because I think that's just how how close the competition is. On the day, look at Widnes going and getting a draw at Catalan. So I don't think there's any easy games. I don't think we can go to Wakefield and say it's going to be easy. But and then um, you know, on the other hand, they expect us to go there and, and get a result. But um, if we are to finish in the in the top eight, these are the sort of games you've got to win. You've got to win, beat the likes of Lee and teams like that. Um, and Witness, as we did last season, we beat Witness three times last last year, didn't we? But uh, yeah, it's always a tough place to go, Wakefield. But I think going there, I think this is a game that can be won with our pack. Really, our pack can get on top of Wakefield like it did against Warrington. I think um, you're halfway there. Yeah, danger men for Wakefield. Who's your men? Um, well, I, I just look at what Johnson did to us last year. Um, everyone rings around us last year. And, you know, 
kind of made us look a bit silly, didn't he? Did he score an actually? Was it an actually yeah. he got last year against us? I think he did, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a danger man. You've got one of our old players, Mason Kate Brown, who's got pace to burn. Uh, great finish as well. Like he, he scored against St. Helens at weekend. Um, I was impressed with uh, with Fafita at, at weekend as well. I watched them against um, Saints, and Saints forwards couldn't really handle him. Um, so I think our, our forwards have got to be, you know, bang on top of the game again, really on on Sunday. But they they look like a bit of a, a more of a compact unit this year. Um, then obviously when they want to, they can throw the ball out wide and you know get it to your flying wingers. Like, but um, yeah, I was impressed with them last week. But if we play our game, play our structured game, and, and you know see how we go from there, I, I, I'm pretty confident we could come away there with the two points. Yeah, who's your pick, uh, field danger man, Paul? Any? Any names sticking out for you? Yeah, the halfbacks, um, Williams and um, Jacob Miller. Um, that, I've always been impressed with that Jacob, and I think he's a, he's a clever player. But Williams, I mean, I saw the highlights against St. Helens, and he bossed that game from start to finish. His kicking game was good, very composed, you know, under pressure. It was a bad night. Absolutely chucked it down. It was like a ploughed field that pitch at St. Helens. But yeah, it was, yeah. you know, the the ground it out Wakefield, and and them two halfbacks led them led them round the pitch. I mean, got some talent in the forwards as well. You know, Danny Kermond. Craig Huby, I've I've been hearing good things about that Matty Ashurst as well. You know, who's at Salford, he's he's been been playing really well. But they've got a pace. They've got as as Sides just said there with, with with Tom Johnson, and we all know about Mason, Kate, and Brown. But the other lad that they plays in the centre from that Reese Lynn, he's got a bit of pace as well. So they've got some talented players. Wakefield, I mean, I mean they're not one of the sort of superstar teams, are they? Like a Wigan or a Warrington or, or sort of a Hull or something. But they're, they're dangerous and. They're always very competitive, Wakefield. They don't they don't seem to get many idings, do they? And they can always seem to come up with like they, they come up at St. Helens, they can always seem to come up with like these surprise victories, don't they? So I always think it's one of the one of the toughest grounds to go to then. I'm gonna have to be on our metal to win. So with Todd Carney possibly in the squad for the game against Wakefield on Sunday, Paul called with him uh, and see how we'd settled in at Sulphur Red Devils. Delighted to see him uh, chatting to Todd Carney, you know, Salford, new signing. How are you settling into life in Salford, Todd? Yeah, it's been good. I've uh, been here a couple of weeks now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he's been doing a fair bit of training, just trying to get up to his feet. Nice with the boys. Obviously, good win today, so um, yeah, just keep working hard. I'm hoping I'm always good team. Are you itching to get on the pitch now, then? Yeah, it's, it's, that time will come, but um, yeah, I just got to do the right amount of training, get my body ready to play and not rush it. How far off like, full fitness are you now? Um, well, the boys had a fair pre-season, so I want to try and get as much running in the legs as I can, and then um, yeah, work my way into the team. Are you excited about this opportunity playing over in England? Yeah, it is. You come over here before with Catalan, haven't you, but yeah, you know, play for an English Catalan, club. But, um, yeah, it's a good opportunity and looking forward to it. How far do you think you can go you know, with a solid team? There's some talented players in that yeah, side. Yeah, definitely. Um, if that will start the season well, um, yeah, it's just got to continue to build on that and uh, keep getting wins. And, yeah, anything can happen at the back end of the year. And you're a pretty experienced player, aren't you? Playing for international rugby league, state of origin. You know, some of the young lads could probably learn a lot off, off your game, can't they, as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that we spoke about bringing in the club and hopefully I can do that. Well, thanks for speaking to us, Todd, and hopefully we'll see you in the team soon. Yeah. Cheers. So you had a quick chat with uh, Todd Carney. Paul, he seems to have settled in uh, to the club. Yeah, he does. He does. He seemed excited, you know, about the, the challenge in front of him and uh, just getting into the team, really, I think. I think he's really excited about this opportunity, you know, playing over here in the UK in the Super League. And you know, he's played for Catalan before, as we mentioned, but he's not played in, you know, in, in Britain as, as such. So, yeah, I think he's really excited and... Uh, you know about fitting where he's going to fit in. We don't know, do we? But um, 
possibly see him in the squad this weekend. Maybe Watson will save him for casts. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, he's a, world, he's a world-class player, side. You know, he's in a red shirt now. It's, it's going to be exciting times. Yeah, of course it is. He's like, like we said there, he can, he can fill into a number of positions. I know he's played full-back before. I know he's played at uh, loose before. So, there's, there's all different kind of, you know, kind of teams you could put out, really, with him in there. So, hopefully, he, he can come in and, and kind of just get in our stride with us and, and give us another option. It could be that fourth pivot, if you think of that. Yeah, it's going to give Ian Watson options ahead of the uh, Wakefield game and, you know, with games to come. So, uh, Paul, give us your your give us your score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go for a Salford win, as usual. Um, I'm going to go 30 points to 16 to Salford. 30 points to 16. How about you, Si? Are you on the, uh, the big score for Salford? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can see it being a high-scoring match, to be quite honest. Uh, I, can, I can see it being like a 36-22 to Salford. 36-22. I'm going to go Wakefield 10. Salford 22 22-10 sounds like a decent result for Salford away from home uh, and I think obviously beating Wakefield would be a you know a big message I think for the Super League and, and Ulster fans obviously we're going to Wakefield we don't really go there and win very often and coming away with the points would be a, a big shot in the arm I think for our top 8 hopes so that's the end of another podcast another great show Paul yeah brilliant and really enjoyed it mate and like I said if you're not doing anything on Sunday get yourself up there to Wakefield because how good would it be to get a result there and then you know have that bring take that momentum into the the Cass game the week after on the Sunday you know get another big crowd against Cass you know it'd be tremendous so uh, so yeah can't wait for Sunday mate yeah we're about about one hour ten minutes now so I think we've managed our time well haven't we yeah we seem to be doing all right you must have managed it mate that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast management, that's what it's all about. Another great show, Si. Thanks for coming on, giving us all the uh, all the chat for Salford and Devils. No, thank you very much, guys. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully I can get in a few more times and help you guys out. Uh, just just let me know if you can. Cool. So you've been listening to Rob Parks and this has been Devil in the Detail. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at D-I-T-D-S-R-D. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and WhitelineFeverRadio.com. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.